Did you ever have the experience of uh, sending a text or a message then realising that you sent it to the wrong person and after you've hit send or after it's gone or, or maybe it's only a little while later or maybe you, 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 you know, you're wondering why you didn't get a reply and you check and you go, I didn't send it to them. Who did I send it to? <laughs> and you scroll through your yeah, and you check and then like, did I say something that I shouldn't have said or did I say something that actually is about this person, this third person who shouldn't have got the message? What if I was actually talking about them uh, and all that? So it's, it's interesting to see how on occasion, uh, or like if someone overhears a conversation or uh, same thing can happen with emails or whatever, sending, sending the wrong thing to someone, then this gospel as such takes on a different kind of a meaning. Whatever you've said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. Whatever you've whispered in hidden places will be proclaimed off the housetops. What we do and what we say, can we stand over it? What we do and what we say, is it merciful so that if other people heard it, it, it wouldn't be... I mean, obviously, there's still privacy. Like, there's not everything that we talk about has to be told to everyone, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's gossip. But the things that we say, uh, are, they, are they merciful? Because you can still say, for example... Um, so today we need someone to do the shopping. So the only people available are Roisin and Anya. Well, Roisin is probably just that bit quicker because we need someone just to get back. That's not gossip. Unless you're, just, unless you're telling the whole parish. She's useless. <laughs> you know, that's different. You know? But like, you know, if there is something to be... That, that said, now... I don't have to go off now and list all of Anya's other faults and failures to say, in this particular situation, I think, Ro- oh, I think Roisin's better. And away we go. That's it. That's not gossip. You know, that's just organising. Okay? Now, obviously untrue, but you get my point. Okay. <laughs> you know, we don't have to start bad-mouthing now every other thing. I can't believe it. I mean, I- I'm so surprised. I mean, she was last year, she was this year. What has happened? She's pure useless. You know, that's gossip. <laughs> that's gossip. That's, you. That, 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 that's not merciful. That's not loving. Uh, that's not organization. That's just uh, unleashing one's tongue. So the Lord is saying here, like, the, you know, to be on, on guard against, against... I heard an, an interesting expression once just comes to mind. Uh, those who speak badly of everyone, when you're not there, speak badly of you. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so if you meet someone, like, and they, they, they have problems with you and you and you and you and you and you and you, well, when you're not there guarantee you they have a problem with you. <laughs> but thing, if a person gossips about everyone or t- speaks badly about everyone or speaks negatively about everyone or sees the negative in everyone, guarantee they see the negative in you too and talk about it as well. So the, the Lord is, is guarding us here. He's you know, asking us to guard our mouths. To guard our mouths that what we say is charitable. And it can still be truthful. And you can still say, if there is something, as I say, to correct or if there is something to, that needs to be adjusted, it can still be said in charity. It can still be said in mercy. But very often it's, it just becomes, in, in a workplace or, you know, in a staff room or, uh, you know, it becomes very, very easy to gossip about everyone, everyone. When we come on a retreat like this, or for that matter, those who come to live in Holy Family, there's something we always notice after a couple of months, usually it's after Christmas, so kind of January, February uh, time of the year, when 
there's a small little bit of a slump. Now, it's not really due to the weather, that the weather in January and February tends not to be wonderful. Uh, so, but we notice a kind of a bit of a slump in, in the, the atmosphere a little, okay? And I think what that tends to be is that our time in prayer and our time in silence brings things to the surface, okay? I heard it said by a priest once, silence magnifies. Silence magnifies. So if you've ever been in love, for example, right? You're in love and this person is amazing and whenever you're together, you hold hands and skip through the poppy fields and stare into, while staring into each other's eyes, which is a bit dangerous, uh, right? And it's all good. And then she has to go home and you have to go off and do your thing. So you find a park bench somewhere and you sit in the park bench looking at the river, feeding the ducks. And you might even find that you're just laughing away to yourself. You just kind of sit there and go. (laughs) 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 Because, (laughs) ever happened? No? This never happened to me. Never. (laughs) Never happened to me. Uh, But... Like, because in the silence of the moment, in the silence of that time, it magnifies the fact that you're goggle-eyed in love, you know? So you just kind of sit there, and the silence, like, with no, you've nothing to talk to, no, no one's talked to, no phone, you're just kind of sitting there, and you can just kind of relive the experience, and it feels great. The silence magnifies the good experience. You know, you can, you can just kind of revel in it, sit in it, kind of bathe in, 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 in the glory of, that, of, of those moments and those memories, you know? But silence also works the other way, in that when there are difficulties, when there are challenges, when there is sadness, when there are things that need to be healed, the silence will magnify those too. That's why so often, especially um, young people today, hate silence. They can't stand it. Because when difficulties have come their way, and there are family problems, and there are school problems, and there are addiction problems, and there are insecurities, and all of that, the silence drives them bammy. When, when they're exposed to silence, then they have to, the, these thoughts start coming up, the memories start coming up. The hurts, the wounds, they start coming to the surface. Now, fundamentally, this is a good thing, we'll see that in a second. It, this isn't God, I don't know, in any way kind of punishing us, or the problem here isn't prayer, and the problem isn't silence. Because these issues pre-exist the prayer and the silence. Okay, it's not that when I started to pray, then all these hurts became real. No, they were there beforehand. Just in the silence, now they're brought to the surface. Now you see them. Now they're given a voice. Now they actually, they've been screaming for attention. Uh, and now in the silence, they can be heard. So, we have choices here. We can dive into our phone and find something to do, someone to message, some video to look at, something to distract ourselves. We can dive into work. Let's just get some more things done so I don't have to think. Or we can dive into some distraction or hobby, but just keep doing something so I don't have to think. Now, what's the problem with that long term? You can't run away from yourself. And you can't run away from what's in your own head and in your own heart. You can't. You will bring it with you. That's, we, there is no off switch and there is no delete button. 
These things, we can't turn them off, and we can't just, like the, I've used this before, like the, the expression forgiven and forgotten, that's, that's completely ridiculous. No such thing as forgiven and forgotten. Forgiven, yes. Forgotten, no. You can't. You can't just choose to delete a memory. It doesn't work. You can forgive the person, yes, but like, what, you, you just forget that they, your husband was unfaithful to you. Oh, sorry, I forgot that. Gee. No, like, you won't forget it, but you can forgive, absolutely. But we've no way of deleting a memory. It just—it doesn't work. We're not machines. It doesn't work that way. So, what we, yes, we, we can forgive, but we can't just forget like that. So, so these memories remain. So, sooner or later, the reality of those thoughts and memories needs to be faced. And this is probably quite intimidating for some people. Depending on what your, what your past is and what you've been through, that can be quite intimidating because silence magnifies. So in the silence of prayer, in the silence of adoration, I might find I'm starting to get upset or maybe angry or whatever, whatever it may be. Whatever, you might start to feel kind of maybe envy or you might start to feel who knows what, any sort of a temptation or a, or a, or a hurt coming to the surface. Now, if this happens in a place like this, or if this happens on retreat, go with it. Don't run from it. Don't distract yourself. Don't stop it. Let it come to the surface. If tears come, tears come. We've seen them before. No big deal. There's Kleenex. We're grand. We have catered for all eventualities. Okay, so if tears come, tears come. But see, these things have been brought to the surface then for what? For healing. Not just to kind of re-expose you to the pain and then say, good luck, and you just leave you there in it. That's not how it works. If the Lord brings, brings, these, these, brings these things to the surface, it's for healing. So the silence magnifies what may be already in our hearts, but the purpose of that is healing. And just, just don't run. Don't run from it. Because you can't. You will never outrun your own head and heart. Never. So you're just kicking the can down the road. You'll eventually have to face it again. So when are you going to face it? And this is what often happens then. You think, well, if, if I was married, you see, I'd be fine. You know what I mean? If I had kids, I'd be fine. So then you get married with the kids and you're flat out busy. And just, but all the problems are still there. All the problems are still there. And then, you know, being married isn't always easy and having children isn't always easy. So then when there's a, you realize that, that, that there's actually, this is, this is really demanding on my time or on my sleep or on my... Yeah, free time, practically non-existent once you've got kids under the age of 13, 14. You're flat out. So it's, it's, you think it's good because you're busy. But the wounds are still there. So then you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, and you discover, my goodness, what is going on in here? There's still, I should be over all of this. You know, the things that happened when I was a child, things that happened when I was in primary school, secondary school, but they, they still affect me. Well, let's deal with them. Let's bring them to the Lord. If silence is magnifying something for you, this is a good thing. Bring it to the Lord. Bring it to healing. And bring it to peace. There is no need to be afraid. You are worth more than hundreds of sparrows.